fellow citizens, our way of life, our very freedom came under attack in a series of deliberate and deadly terrorist acts. Several shots were fired as President Kennedy's motorcade passed through downtown Dallas. None of us will ever forget this day. Yet we go forward to defend freedom and all that is good and just in our world. This is just a thing, and please. Oh, you're coming out of our home. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. I have a dream. My four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Welcome to the Hagman Daily Show, weekdays 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And now your hosts, Joe Hagman and John Robertson. What's that? What is that? Do we hear that audio? Ah, I fig- I don't know if you guys heard that. What a weird, weird way to bring in the song, my iTunes started playing uh, uh, 60s, the greatest uh, hits of the 60s, and, and the song started. I don't know if you guys could hear it or not, but it's kind of confused as to where that was coming from. But anyways, we got a great show lined up for you today. We have Pastor Mike Spaulding with us. We got a late start, and I apologize for that. Uh, that was my fault, and uh, but we're going to have him for 30 minutes, and we are going to get right into it. John is here. Pastor Mike is here. Pastor Mike Spaulding, Soaring Eagle Radio. It's great to have you back on the show. Joe, thank you so much for the invitation. Always great to speak with you. John, good afternoon. Well, hello, hello, and thank you again for your time uh, here today, Pastor Mike. Uh, and uh, I know we've got a an enormous topic. Uh, you know, hey, hey, I got an idea. Let's do a show about about one of the most challenging, uh, uh, in, in, inquisitive. Uh, uh, by nature, you know, books of the uh, Bible, chapters of the Bible. Let's let's just do it. Let's do let's do Revelation uh, thirteen, and oh, we probably better cover twelve a little bit too. Uh, so that being said, Pastor Mike, I think uh, we're going to hand it directly over to you, sir. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, and that's a very appropriate, very accurate uh, statement. Any book in in or any chapter within the book of uh, Revelation is certainly a challenge to understand. The reason for that is there's there's a lot of symbolism, uh, prophecy. Uh, the entire book uh, was was a vision that the Apostle John received. Uh, rightly, it's it's it should be referred to as the revelation of Jesus Christ because uh, it is in this book where we understand, we see Christ as he really is, and uh, and we come to understand uh, that he is coming again. Now, the two chapters that uh, uh, that you're interested in, Revelation 12 and 13, very interesting chapters, a number of, of prominent points and themes that you see there. Uh, and in the time that we have, we're just going to scratch the surface. And I know that, that both of you understand this, but I, I preached uh, Revelation 12, uh, about two years ago on uh, Christmas Sunday. And I, I think it was, maybe it was, maybe it was longer, <laughs> longer. <laughs> and I know, yeah, I, I got the, Why yeah. not? the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Well, he, what'd, here's you, a, what'd you do for Thanksgiving, Job? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing, though, guys. Revelation 12, and this is the way that he introduced it. Revelation 12, uh, and, and again, I'm not sure if it was two. Whenever the last Sunday was actually Christmas Day, I, I, I preached it that, that Christmas morning. And the reason that I did that is if you, if you look at Revelation 12, what it really is, is it is the Christmas story through the eyes of heaven. Because Revelation 12 deals with the birth of Jesus Christ and what was actually happening in the heavenlies when Christ became the God-man, when he, uh, the incarnation, it's called, when, when, when God became flesh. And so if, if, if you want me to go through that quickly, I'd be happy um, to do that. But, but, but Revelation 12 is really a picture uh, about the very first Christmas. Now, what's interesting, though, is there isn't a manger, there's no shepherds or wise men, there's no cattle lowing, as the songs say, there's no nativity scene. In Revelation 12, there's three central figures, the nation of Israel, Jesus Christ, and of course, the dragon, or Satan. And uh, so what we're seeing there is is the narrative of the birth of, of, of Jesus as God's initial thrust into, into time and space to destroy the works of Satan. And that's why we see the dragon there in Revelation 12 trying to destroy the baby. And so there's there's a lot of symbolism there. Uh, the but cattle clearly, weren't blowing. It is it is clearly uh, the birth of Christ that's being that's being depicted there. Um, so with that as a foundation, we move into to Revelation 13. Now, I guys, I. I feel like I owe your your listeners a, a bit of context before uh, we proceed. Uh, the events of, of, of Revelation 13 occurred during the tribulation period. Okay, the tribulation period in the Book of Revelation is covered in in chapters not, uh, four through 19. Uh, as many of your listeners probably already know, the tribulation period is is a, a prophetic event that begins when Israel signs a peace treaty with a world leader. That, that arises at that time. Now, the Bible refers to that individual um, as the Antichrist. And, and please, listeners, understand this. The phrase Antichrist, it, it doesn't mean opposite of Christ. It, 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 what, it, what it really means is instead of Christ or in the place of Christ. And in that sense, it means that the world is looking for the Antichrist as their Messiah. They will receive the Antichrist in the place of Christ. Okay, so I also want to point out that um, the, the tribulation period has a particular context. And, and what I mean by that is it, it occurs uh, with a plan and a purpose. And, and we find that foundational teaching. And, and I'm not going to read a lot of this, guys. I'd rather just offer some insight and commentaries, and then perhaps you'll have a, a couple of questions. But that, that context that reveals the plan and purpose of what you're reading in Revelation chapters 4 through 19, specifically chapters uh, 12 and 13 that we're discussing now, is found in, in Daniel chapter 9. So if folks are listening and you're a note taker, you can go back and look at this and, and, and study it for yourself. But Daniel chapter 9 
uh, verses 24 through 27. Here's, here's what that passage says. It says, uh, 70 weeks have been decreed for your people in your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sin, to make atonement for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy place. So you are to know and discern that from the issuing of a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there will be seven weeks and 62 weeks, and it will be built again with plaza and moat, even in times of distress. Then after the 62 weeks, the Messiah will be cut off and have nothing. And of course, that's a reference to his crucifixion. And the people of the prince who is to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary, and its end will come with a flood even to the end. There will be war. Desolations are determined. And he will make a firm covenant with the many for one week. So now we've just heard about the Antichrist. He will make this covenant with, with Israel. For one week there means seven years. But in the middle of the week, that's three and a half years in, he will put a stop to sacrifice, grain offering, and on the week on the wing of abominations will come one who makes desolation, even unto a complete destruction, one that is poured out on the one who makes death. So the point here, guys, Joe and, and John, is that the 70 weeks of Daniel that is spoken of there in chapter 9, it was announced to him by the archangel Gabriel. It was meant to encourage Daniel in, in his understanding that God would once again defend his people Israel and that their reconciliation to him would occur through the tribulation period. So with that kind of an understanding, that helps us to see the purpose of the tribulation period, because there, there, there are three at least that, that I can think of uh, purposes for the tribulation period. One's judgment, and that's like a big duh, right? Well, of course, it's judgment. But the other one is evangelism evangelism and then the third one is reconciliation so so judgment who's who's being judged well the whole world's being judged god is is uh, will begin to bring about an end to wickedness and, and and those that have given themselves over to wickedness and joe and john this judgment will not stop at national or ethnic boundaries no one is immune from this now the second purpose of the tribulation is evangelism Revelation chapter 7 speaks of the 144,000 Jewish evangelists who will be preaching throughout the entire world. Jesus said the same thing in, in uh, Matthew. Matthew recorded it, um, chapter 24, verse 14. Jesus said, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world for a witness to all of the nations, and then the end will come, meaning his second coming. Now, we're also told of, of two witnesses that are going to preach the gospel with such power and authority in Jerusalem that, that when they're killed and, and they're presumed dead, for three days the entire world is going to rejoice and exchange gifts with one another because they're finally rid of the power of the gospel through these two witnesses. You can read about that, folks, in uh, Revelation uh, chapter 11. Now, in Revelation 14, we're told that God sends mighty angels to proclaim the gospel to the entire world to, and to warn them not to take the mark of the beast. And I know that's one of your questions. So that's two of the purposes, judgment and evangelism. And, and, and the third purpose of the tribulation is to bring about the reconciliation of Israel to the Father through faith in their Messiah. Now, Zechariah chapter 13, for listeners that are note takers, Zechariah chapter 13 verses 8 and 9 is one of many passages that speaks of this conversion of the nation Israel. 
It says, it will come about in all the land, declares the Lord, that two parts in it will be cut off and perish. So two-thirds are going to be lost. Well, we already know that from the book of Revelation, that the population of the world, two-thirds are going to be destroyed. But the third will be left in it. And I will bring the third part through the fire, refine them as silver is refined, and test them as gold is tested. They will call on my name, and I will answer them. I will say, they are my people, and they will say, the Lord is my God. So my point here, Joe and John, is that this is the, the necessary background to understanding the book of Revelation, uh, especially chapter 13. And if you want me to jump into that now and, and uh, offer some commentary, I'm, I'm happy yeah. to do that. And, and Pastor Mike, my uh, one of my main questions about this whole discussion that we were having today is America's role in this prophecy. And I, you know, we he don't see it listed by name. We also don't see Rome, I don't believe, listed by name in in scriptures. Uh, I could be wrong about that. Uh, maybe they do talk about it. Anyway, America, the, the greatest power in the last, uh, you know, 250 years, we see that is probably going to be, I would say, the the uh, spearhead nation that brings in this global government, one, one world religious system. Uh, if it is still around by then, but this is what my angle was: is is where, if at all, does America play into the uh, Revelation twelve and thirteen? I, and, and I'm looking more yeah. at the second part of thirteen. Thirteen, yeah, yeah. Good question, Joe. Um, and and here's here's my understanding of that. Uh, I would agree with your uh, statement that America is not seen. Uh, and and my take is this. Uh, America will be uh, consumed in the the one world government, the one world economic system. Now, some have made the argument, uh, even recently in the last several years, many books are out um, uh, defending a position that America is uh, Babylon the Great that we see in in Revelation uh, seventeen eighteen. Um, and now, I I don't agree with that. I, I, I don't think America is Babylon, but I think America is a contributor to this this global economic system. But that's not going to happen uh, with America in its present form. In other words, uh, as a sovereign nation, America is not seen in the book of Revelation. Uh, now, a, a friend of mine, Bill Salas has some some good insights uh, on this from the Old Testament and uh, and and he concludes in through passages like um, uh, Jer- uh, passages in Jeremiah and Ezekiel both and I think I'm speaking correctly about his position uh, but he concludes uh, especially the prophecy of Elam and, and and some others that that America is is essentially on the sidelines d- during this time uh, in in the book of Revelation. So my take on it, Joe, is that America may still be around. I don't think we'll be utterly destroyed, but what I do believe is that we'll be co-opted. We'll be just one of, of many other nations that are, that are economic players. Uh, but before that can happen, understand that the context of the book of Revelation dictates, especially when you're talking about uh, one world government, one world religion, that we are all on the same page, we are all marking, marching to the same drumbeat, we're all taking orders from the same 
figure, this figure in the book of Revelation uh, that the dragon Satan gives his power to, which is the Antichrist. Um, so America as we know it, does it exist? Is it seen in the Bible? No, is, is my viewpoint. No, it is not. Will it exist? Will it contribute to the one world economic and, and world religion? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that, uh, that what we're seeing in our nation today with the rise of violence and evil, even from our politicians now. Now, now guys, Joe, John, if, if, if a Maxine Waters would have arrived on the scene 30 years ago, she would have been arrested and escorted out of Congress and maybe faced charges in criminal court for inciting violence. But today, that kind of behavior is celebrated. So what we're seeing in America is we are marching very, very rapidly into captivity. You can call it tyranny or you can call it whatever you want. But America is being forcefully marched into captivity, which aligns very well with a one world government and religion. And that's why we see the, 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 the constant, consistent, very vociferous attack upon the true church of Jesus Christ. The true believers in, in Jesus Christ are being attacked, marginalized, silenced. That's what censorship is all about on uh, on these social media platforms, people say, well, it's the conservative voice. I can tell you the foundation of the conservative voice is the church of Jesus Christ. That's the goal. That's the aim. Because once the church of Jesus Christ is eliminated, once the true believer is silenced and eliminated, and we say this all the time, politics is politics, and I don't care if you're a D or if you're an R or you have an I after your name and now S for socialist. It doesn't matter because you're all going to play ball together in this one world government. So what's the goal? Eliminate the church, Joe. That's the goal. That's wow. my take. Wow. Uh, okay, quickly, Pastor Mike, because uh, I know we've got so much to cover and people are definitely here today to hear from you, not from me. But I just want to make sure <clears throat> I have been taking notes. Um. So I just want to make sure that, that we've got this, that we're accurate thus far. Uh, first of all, uh, Revelation 12, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I apologize. I've been working so hard and speaking so much that my, my voice is kind of shot. Uh, Revelation 12 is the, is, the, is the Christmas story, but it's told from the heavenlies. I've never heard That's that right. before in my life, so that was awesome. Uh, that should give a lot of our listeners a jump point to do a, a great study on their own. Uh, is there anything else you'd care to add to that idea that Revelation 12 is the Christmas story from the perspective of the heavenlies? Yes. Well, I mean, it, it says it right there. Uh, starting off in, in the first couple of verses, a great sign appeared in heaven. So so the scene is heaven. It's heaven's perspective. It's, it's, it's not the world's perspective. So a sign appeared, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet. Now, some make that out to be the Roman Catholic Church, read on, because you're talking, you're talking here about Israel and uh, the 12 stars, the 12 tribes, okay? Verse 2, and she was with child, and she cried out, being in labor and in pain to give birth. Well, that's the Christ child. And no, this is not picturing Mary. The Christ came from Israel. Christ was a Jew. He came from the Jews. 
another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon having seven heads, ten horns. And, and Daniel talks about this, talks about it in Revelation chapter 13. Uh, and, and, and so you can go on down there. In verse 5, she gave birth to a son, a male child who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. That's Jesus Christ. The woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God. Why? Because the dragon was trying to destroy her and the child. Well, Satan has used people down through the years. He used Herod first. He incited Herod, possessed Herod, to, to murder all the babies two years and under in Bethlehem. That's what this is picturing in, in Revelation chapter 12. Down through the years, he used all kinds of folks to try and eliminate the Jews. He used Hitler. Uh, and, and, and that didn't work. So they're being supernaturally protected. That's the point. God is not done with Israel. He is going to reconcile them. Zechariah says they will look on him whom they have mourned and they will weep because they recognize him as the Messiah. But at that point, Joe and John, only one third of the Jews are still left on the world. Two thirds of the population of the world have already been decimated through the judgments. So one third, when Paul says in Romans, all Israel will be saved. All Israel is only one-third of those that were living prior to the tribulation period. Very, very clear messages wow. for us in the book of Revelation. It ties in so many other prophetic scriptures, and Jesus pointed to this a number of times. Wow. Okay, okay, so Revelation chapters 4 through 19 are the tribulation chapters, yes. and the other, the other takeaway point, I've heard this before, but not not said as succinctly as you folks from Ohio have a way of just kind of saying things. Punk, there it is. And uh, I mean that as a compliment, <laughs> by the way. Uh, Antichrist, uh, it, it actually means it doesn't mean antithetical to Jesus Christ. Like this guy is just the biggest, baddest biker dude, party dude, slick globalist type. Uh, no, in fact, it's actually the individual that the world is going to glom onto as as the new counterfeit counterfeit messiah yes yeah yeah the antichrist actually means instead of christ or in the place of christ so it, it means that the world is going to receive uh, the Antichrist as their Messiah, because he's going to bring world peace remember he signs a peace treaty with Israel but in order to do that he has to get all of Israel's enemies to sign on to. Now, can you imagine that happening in today's context, that all of the Muslim nations that have sworn, I mean, they don't even show Israel on the map. That's how possessed they are of, of evil. Can you imagine all of the people, all of the Muslims today signing on to a peace treaty that says, yep, we're going to live happily with, with Israel. You know that this has to be a supernatural time, and that's the kind of persona, charisma that this Antichrist has, but of course we know because the Bible tells us that he has the power and the authority of Satan, and, and Satan has that for a brief period of time. My goodness, last thing, uh, and, then I'm, and then I'm caught up, um, and I'm, believe me, listeners, thank you. If, if, if the listeners are all right there neck and neck with Pastor Mike, then I sincerely apologize, but uh, I'm so glad we have had you on today. Last thing, the tribulation period is as is three components. It's number one, judgment, and that judgment will know no ethnic or national boundaries. Number two, yep. it's evangelism. That's the one. That's the one I was most familiar with because, of course, if you've read the Bible at all, if you've been around prophecy for even a short time, we know about the two witnesses. 
We know about the 144,000. You're not going to get too far into the prophecy world without hearing about that. Uh, so number two is evangelism, and then number three is reconciliation. I was wondering, Pastor Mike, if you wanted to just grab a, a maybe a minute or so and kind of shade in that that third characteristic of the tribulation period, that reconciliation. And then uh, take it wherever you'd like, brother. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, reconciliation, it, it, it is predominantly uh, uh, aimed at the, the Jewish people. Um, it, it is my firm belief that Scripture teaches that the tribulation period, its focus is Israel. It is to bring, that's why uh, we go back to passages like Daniel, uh, throughout the book of Daniel, uh, the future and the future of Daniel's people, Israel, is the focus. No matter where you go in the Old Testament, future prophecy concerns Israel and the nation of Israel. It doesn't concern the church. It does not concern the church, people. The prophecy of the Old Testament points to Israel. And I don't understand why people are confused about that. Part of the reason is we've adopted erroneous, really, in my opinion, heretical and borderline blasphemous theology that says the church has received the promises of Israel. Let me tell you something, folks. The Abrahamic covenant and the Davidic covenant are unconditional, and they will be fulfilled because they haven't been fulfilled yet. Now, here's what has to happen before they will. The, Deuteronomy, the Deuteronomic covenant made through Moses, and you can look this up, Deuteronomy 17:15. Here's when Israel will be saved. And I've already mentioned the Zechariah passage. Israel will be saved when they recognize and receive the king of God's choosing. The father decides who is the king of his people. Deuteronomy 17, 15 says it is the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the king of God's choosing. So does Psalm chapter 2. It says the very same thing. The tribulation period is about Israel. It's not about the church. And so, folks, we need to get on board with what the Bible teaches and get rid of all this faulty theology that's confusing the remnant body. And excuse me for the rant, but I get furious with people that push a false narrative that is not biblical. Well, and, and rightfully so, Pastor. I mean, you have uh, these people today, these churches today that are undermining, not only changing the word of God, but undermining uh, what he yeah. has established as far as, uh, you know, marriage and, and, and sex and uh, gender, the whole thing. Everything's being uh, so twisted up because of the uh, the sin of man. And, and it's unbelievable to me that the church has accepted the way of the world instead of sticking with its foundation. Uh, but it's not surprising because it also says that this would happen, that the end shall not come until there is a falling away, until there is an yep. apostasy. And we're seeing that apostasy today. we are yes you're right joe we absolutely are yes all right pastor mike um i don't know what do we have you for just a few more moments uh uh any closing thoughts you know we were talking about um america america's role in bible prophecy and as you said that it would be uh neutered or irrelevant in some way um you know, I find that interesting, but I have a different take on it. And when, when we, we are able to bring you back, we will have a discussion on that. We don't have, obviously, enough time to get that'd into be it right now. Right. Yep, that'd be great, Joe. Look forward to it. Awesome. John, you have anything to say to Pastor Mike before we let him go? 
I'm try- sorry, I was trying to unmute. Um, well, first of all, I, 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 I wish that we had more time. Uh, and that's when you know you're on to something. And I felt the same way with Gans Shimura yesterday. But just what you've given us so far, Pastor Mike, I think that what I would call today was a, a, a it's tantalizing. Um, I've learned, I feel like I learned something new in the last half hour. Uh, and it certainly has given me food for thought. It's given me something to chew on as I go through the rest of my day. So thank you for that. Um, I'm just, boy, I just, it, I'm, ugh, it drives me nuts. I, I feel like we're 20 minutes into the movie and everybody's going home. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll do it again sometime soon. Excellent, Pastor Mike. Well, you take care, and uh, until then, uh, stay safe. God bless, and again, we apologize for the inconvenience today of of being late. That was uh, oops, that was uh, all me, as uh, I had a, a number of things to do this morning, and I forgot one of them. And uh, I had, and long story short, I had to push back a few things. I had to, my fridge broke, so Eric was bringing me a new fridge. And uh, he couldn't do it until right before the show started, and we re- we couldn't get it through the door, so we had to take the doors off. That's why we were late. So, anyway, we will talk with you later, Pastor. God All bless right. you, Pastor Mike. Thank you, sir. God bless uh, you. Joe, Thank you. Joe, so, uh, for for our listeners who maybe aren't familiar with Pastor Mike, that was Pastor Mike Spaulding. He's become a good friend of of mine personally. And really a good friend of the Hagman Report, a, a Hagman Report stalwart on the, uh, over the last year, year and a half, uh, has been on the evening show quite a bit. And for that matter, on the Daily Show a number of times as well. And uh, and I personally just get a lot from from my friendship with Pastor Mike. And, and I hope that the Hagman uh, listeners, Hagman Report listeners, etc. do as well. Uh, Joe, uh, I'm going to hand it back to you, but let's let's kind of close. Let's before we jump into news and. I know we've got an, another good half hour, which is great. Um, of these things that Pastor Mike shared today, and of course, obviously, one of my top priorities will be getting him back, maybe for, uh, if he's available, Friday, August 10th, because next week we have uh, Pastor David Langford coming in to to talk about the same topic. Now, we've, we've got him for a full hour, and we, we won't have any kerfluffles uh, next week. But uh, but as far as the the Revelation twelve being the the heavenly Christmas story, the the tribulation period, Antichrist, and the three components of tribulation, anything within that uh, those bullet points that Pastor Mike made, Joe, that you've got any comments or thoughts on? No, not today, John. I think before Pastor Langford comes on, we should do our own uh, show or part of a show on our breakdown, our our thoughts, our feelings on and interpretations on Revelation. Uh, uh, 12 and 13, and if America is in Bible prophecy, because I, I came across a video I sent to you, and I don't know if you got a chance to watch it all. Or oh, I did. That. Let's let, let's talk about the video for a second because that video is phenomenal, and I've already invited the filmmaker uh, to join us on the evening program on the Hagman Report, and his his name is uh, he's got an interesting name. His name is Tilla, um, but let's talk about the video for a quick second, Joe. Okay, the the video is called uh, From Babylon to America, and I'm not sure what the subtitle is. There's a subtitle that goes with it, but it talks about the uh, the power from the beginning uh, of, of man-made government uh, to the end of what we see in the book of Revelation, and it the the video maker brings a conclusion to the, the film that America is in 
uh, scripture, and it is in the second part of Revelation 13. The the part the beast that came out of the water that had uh, was the two horns, but spoke like a two horns like a lamb, but spoke like a dragon. Uh, that was the uh, they identify that as America. He identifies that as America, and I thought it was a very interesting. It's a two-hour video, people. You have to go, you have to go watch it. Um, I can't do it justice sitting here trying to describe this two-hour video that is uh, used with prophecy, breaking down prophecy, and nothing else. There's no personal opinions. Uh, there, there, there's no room for real error in this. The guy did a great job in putting this together. So. I think if you get a chance, everybody who gets a chance, go watch that YouTube video from uh, Babylon to America. And it's two hours long, so make sure you give yourself plenty of time. You're going to want to watch it at least all in one piece or maybe a two-part or half and half. But it, it, it has, I'd say, it has more value to watch it all in one swing. Well, uh, uh, What do you think about it? Well, first of all, the, the, the production value was great. Now, I just got a text from Pastor Mike Spaulding, and what we'll do is we'll, uh, what we'll do is we will, uh, I'm just going to throw these couple of comments out again so our listeners can do their homework, because this whole, the whole prophecy thing, Joe and I can't stay away from it, okay? We're, we're both like moths to a light bulb, uh, and, and because it's just so fascinating, and it's, it's, it's almost like uh, a riddle for those of faith and, and of intelligence, but it's a riddle that we kind of know going into it. We're never really going to quite crack the code, but nonetheless, you just can't help yourself to dive back into a different facet of the, of, as pastor Mike said, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, uh, pastor Mike, uh, texted the following. He said, uh, that the, um, that the, uh, two horns, like a lamb, that that is, the false prophet. Okay. That, that, and, and I've, I've got a lot of, maybe we can talk about that for a moment. Uh, once we wrap up this video subject, we, we could, we could, uh, uh, play a little ping pong about the false prophet, Joe, but, uh, as far as the video goes, and again, it's, it's called from Babylon to America and the production value is really good. I think this young man, uh, knows some, some really skilled illustrators in Chicago. I know he's out of Chicago. I looked at his, his bio last night. Um, but one of the points he made that I did not know, Joe, before I started listening to the Hagman report, before I figured out who Paul McGuire, Steve Quayle, Dr. Bill Warner, Bill Solace, uh, Joel Richardson, until when I didn't know who any of these people were, uh, you know, five, five, six, seven years ago, I didn't understand this, but the, the, the monomyth, the god-man, the god-king story, starting with Semiramis, Nimrod, and Tammuz, that has been played out over and over and over again throughout history. And now this is, what's this is why I'm even mentioning this today, because what did Pastor Mike just tell us a moment ago? He told us that Antichrist is, is the substitution, the devilish counterfeit, of the true Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. So what we're dealing with, Joe, is we're dealing with multiple generations of counterfeits. And this is where it gets confusing. And correct me if I'm wrong or if you have a different opinion, Joe, but it seems to me like Satan gets the counterfeits cooking as quickly as he can. As soon as he knows what God's plan is, 
then Satan immediately gets in the kitchen and starts and starts cooking up a counterfeit. Uh, and that goes all the way back to the Tower of... This is in the first couple minutes of the movie. It uh, goes all the way back to the Tower of Babel, Semiramis, Tammuz. Uh, 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 Semiramis, uh, uh, Nimrod dies. He's, he's fashioned into a sun god. That sun god is, still exists and is honored and even worshipped to this day in the form of Ra and the other cultures' versions of the sun god. So I, I hope I'm not getting too, too deep in the weeds here, Joe, but what I'm trying to explain is as we look at Revelation 12, Revelation 13, the film that we're talking about from, um, from Babylon to America, uh, what we're seeing is generation after generation of Satan immediately taking that which the Lord is doing for the salvation of his children and he counterfeits it. And the one, the one thing you can be certain of about these counterfeits is that they will lead you straight to hell. Very well said, John. Yes, they will. And we know that uh, even the reappearance of Christ at, at his second coming is going to be counterfeited. And that's when the, you know, this uh, Satan, the Antichrist, is going to declare himself to be God and to demand to be worshipped as God. I don't know how that looks, you know, uh, when it does unroll. But yes, and is an alien invasion, a fake alien invasion, uh, is that uh, there's a number of things that it could be uh, that it, that in ways it could look. But either way, we are in times like none, none other. We've never, at least in my lifetime, and any time that I you know, have looked into, in the medieval period, you had the Catholic Church was the biggest persecutor of Christians and others during the, uh, the uh, Dark Ages. And they, uh, they would persecute you for having a Bible. Uh, and I don't even know why I brought that up, but except to say that the Catholic Church, and not... Again, we have listeners who are Catholic, and when we talk about the Catholic Church, we do not target individual believers of that Catholic system. Now, what I would do is urge people to come out of the Catholic system because of the authority of the Catholic system has declared itself to be equal to God. And or even in some ways over God, I, yes. I would almost go as far as to say. Uh, now, Joe, let me ask. Let me add something quickly. Uh, you just you just made a comment and and then you kind of you kind of uh, self-deprecated a little bit. You said, "Well, uh, the the Catholic Church didn't even didn't even want its parishioners, its 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 flock to have Bibles." And then you said, well, "I'm not even really sure why I said that." Well, I I think I know why you said it because the only way, as far as I can tell, okay, as far as I can tell personally, the only way to identify the satanic counterfeits because they are very clever. Very clever indeed. The only way to identify them is either through the word of God or through the discernment that is imparted to a man or woman by the Holy Spirit, the deutimous power of the risen Jesus Christ. Those are the only two keys that unlock uh, all of these chains and locks around all of these counterfeits. Uh, I'll give you an interesting case in point. Uh, you know how much I love history, Joe. Uh, would our listeners be surprised to know that the uh, that one of the original uh, street uh, nomenclatures or, or one of the original street terms for the opium poppy, which was grown down in the southern United States 
all over the place during the Civil War because they could not get processed morphine from Europe due to the naval blockade. Morphine, or I'm sorry, opium poppy and the sap from the poppy, Joe, was called G-O-M, or it was called GOM, or it was called God's Own Medicine. That's what G-O-M meant. It was God's Own Medicine. So, so the poppy has been around for probably since the beginning of the of the book the books of the Bible. Uh, there may have been poppies growing, you know, in the Garden of Eden or right outside of it. So we know that this plant's been around forever. It is the only plant that can kill pain. You know, when you've got a compound fracture, all of the Kratom users or the THC users out there can say what they like. But, you know, you've got a bone sticking out of your kneecap. Uh, you're you're going to want the sap of that poppy really bad. So here's here's my point. God gives us this flower, and in very short order, mankind learns if you if you cut the flower and you consume the sap, whether you do it through they used to bake it into bread and cakes, they drank it in teas. Then they learned that smoking it was actually a quicker conduit to the mind, kills the pain much faster. But what? But then what does Satan do with that? plant that was, I mean, it says in one of the first couple chapters of Genesis that God gave us all the seeds and all the herbs for our use and for our benefit. Now I'm paraphrasing, but what does Satan do? He gets into the minds of man. Morphine is created. Morphine is, is, is synthesized. It's highly addictive. And then in the 1880s, Joe, early 1890s, a German scientist creates heroin as what he perceived to be the anecdote or the or the uh, medicine that would that would get morphine addicts off of morphine and it worked brilliantly for a year or two because of course we now know heroin is a massive step up from morphine so it might might not be the best example but god gives us something which is meant to be good for us for all those soldiers that laid dying on the battlefields of the american civil war uh, if you got some of that opium poppy sap into your system, uh, it eased your pain. But the cities of our country today, in places like San Francisco, they've got needles stacked up to your ankles on many sidewalks of people who are self-medicating what I believe is a satanic counterfeit of what God originally gave us. And there's so many of those satanic counterfeits, Joe. God gives us the marriage bed. Satan gives us pornography. Uh, God gives us gold and silver. Uh, it says clearly in the Bible, I believe it's in the book of Haggai, it says that, that gold and silver, all the gold and silver is mine, says the Lord. Well, we know that you have to go deep in the earth to go get it. So there is an intrinsic component of man's labor investment in precious metals, which were the the coin of the realm for you know four or five thousand years, what did Satan give us? He gave us the idea of currency. Going back to the time of Marco Polo, when he discovered paper currency uh, over in China, and 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 what did Satan use that currency to do? Joe, he used it to do the same thing all of his counterfeits are used to do, which is enslave us. God gives us the opium poppy. Satan gives us heroin enslavement god gives us the marriage bed satan gives us pornography enslavement god gives us gold and silver as a means of barter so we can so we can transact our day-to-day -day lives satan develops currency through the greed of mankind once again enslavement i'm on a rant i'm going to stop joe back to you
Well, no, you're, you're right on the money, John. That that was a, a good point. And uh, with the remaining uh, 15, 12 minutes, whatever we have left on the show, uh, we should just say this, that folks need to study their Bible. They need to uh, they need to read they need to know what's in the scripture and to, to constantly pray uh, regardless of how bad you're messing up in life or how good you think you're doing we all need to pray we all need to uh, be accountable to the Lord and that's first and foremost and uh, you know people might not agree with the interpretations or the uh, what our guest, you know, Pastor Mike or Pastor Langford or whoever it might be, whatever their interpretations are, they need to take that in prayer with their studying to the well, Lord as well. Joe, you and I get in trouble all the time on this show because we say something that hurts somebody's feelings. I'm thinking of Mary W. Right off the top of my head, I kind of I would I had hoped that I would hear from her, but I haven't. Uh, but we say things too. That that upset people, and and I will say this, Joe, and I th- I think I think it's okay if I speak for both of us on this. We don't we don't do that on purpose. We're not trying to be incendiary at all. We're trying to kickstart critical thinking and kickstart people. In my opinion, Joe, we've had a successful show. If when we, when we wrap on Global Star or Blog Talk at three o'clock Eastern time, if the people driving their cars or getting ready for dinner or going into the Walmart or whatever they're doing, if they're thinking. If they're doing some good thinking, then then I feel like we did our jobs. Right, and and you're right, and in, in, in to say that because uh, you know we got to get the wheels the wheels turning and uh, anything to to get people outside of the uh, matrix and, and propaganda system that we find ourselves in today. In my opinion, it it's, doesn't mean it's automatically good, but it's a good start. And uh, to, to to see the level of insanity uh, that we deal with, that I mean, just look at how crazy the news is now. Look at how insane, uh, you know, the left and, and the, especially the left, uh, the far left, the left, and and even some on the right are. It's unbelievable. And you had Fox News the other day. Uh, as CNN was tossed from a White House event because of their behavior, and rightfully so, this lady was was shooting questions uh, out of order. She was uh, just rude, you know, like an Acosta. And the president said, "No, you're ban- you're banned from this event. We're not having, we're not dealing with you." Uh, you know, they had this big crybaby fest, and even Fox News came on and said, oh, "We stand by CNN. We don't want to see anybody's First Amendment rights." trampled on but here's the thing they have the right to say whatever they want but they don't have the right to do is to come into the president's house the house of the people where the president rules uh, with the authority he has and disrespect everything about him and expect that you're going to have a seat at the table it's ridiculous that they would think that but you know then again it's the media you you just sent a couple two you just sent two base runners right around to home plate on that one joe uh here's an interesting question joe you've been at this longer than i have and i've been at it for a while why are people so quick to judgment so quick to, to well frankly to be rude in this era of social media comment boards um I know you like to read comment threads. I do too, but it's kind of the sicker side of me that likes to read them, especially like on a place like Zero Hedge because they're so incendiary. But my question is this. Why is it okay for this – I can't remember her name even though she's all over my Twitter feed. The CNN reporter that was asked to leave yesterday, she, she wouldn't walk into her 
best girlfriend's parents' house and act like that. She wouldn't walk into the Hagman home and act like that. But like you said, somehow it's okay to walk into, and you and nice, nice hit on the fact the White House is the house of the people, and the power of the presidency is bestowed upon the president by the will of the American people. The president is supposed to represent as the chief executive all of the American people who voted for him. And by the way, in this political tumult, in this political tumult we find ourselves in, we are supposed to be patriots and we're supposed to say, okay, well, maybe this president wasn't my choice, but I'm still going to honor and respect the office of the presidency because this president will one day be gone. Recent case in point, Barack Obama. Uh, but we don't see that, Joe. So I've, I just hit you with a barrage of questions. But my main curiosity is, what has happened to people? What makes them think it's okay to walk into a place like the White House and literally put their muddy boots on the coffee table, uh, let the dog out when it's not supposed to be outside, dig around through the fridge without permission, uh, and use the bathroom and forget to put the toilet seat back down? What what gives these people this mentality? I, I don't know. It's... Uh... It's mind-boggling to see, you know, these uh, they could, because they, they disrespect Trump. They believe that President Trump is, is a fool, is an idiot. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's illegitimate. And they think that they are going to be able to, uh, you know, have their way. And because they think they're on the moral high ground, uh, therefore, they have the right to, to demean and, and treat the president however they want. And they don't care about the uh, – see, all the stuff that they, you know – uh, that even the the Republicans upheld when Obama was in office, all of the you know we didn't see people shouting at him. They weren't uh, you know calling him racist names. Uh, you know reporters weren't disrespecting him. On and on and on. But something's changed with President Trump. It seems like human decency has been removed from the equation. It seems like uh, uh, just the the humanity, the humane part of. Uh, these people have have disappeared and it is uh, unfortunate to watch but you know at the same time we see that this is the way of the world and we are in this for the long haul and we got to change it or it's just going to get worse so I suggest that you know we try to change it and um, you know I, I don't know what these what these people think what gives them the right I don't get that part but um it's 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 unbelievable, and it's and it's only going to get worse. It's only, it's only going to get worse as we move forward. It's only going to get worse. Two quick pieces of housekeeping, Joe. I'll give it to you to take us out. First and most importantly, Doctor Raina M from Australia. God bless you, sister. Uh, I have in my hand um, a beautifully typed uh, letter to to Joe and I, um, and this is a near death experience that Doctor Raina M from Australia. Ooh, yeah, read that. Now, well, here's the thing. What I want to do is I, I want to push it till Monday, Joe, because this is going to open up like a probably 15 minute conversation between you and I. So, um, but the, but I read the letter. It is it's unbelievable. Uh, it says, "Here is my experience of divine of divine intervention and near death experience." She goes on to tell the story, and then she says, "When I'm going through tough times, I remember that experience, and I am reassured and reminded." that God has a purpose for my life. Amen, Dr. Reyna over in Australia. Joe, we'll get into this. I mean, I've got it taped up above my desk so we won't forget. We're going to unpack this on Monday. The other thing I want to mention is hashtag full armor of God at Robertson John on Twitter. 
Uh, we're on day two of putting on the full armor of God first thing in the morning. And frankly, the videos are kind of funny because I literally do them right out of bed. I don't care. I mean, you're you're getting the bloated face, the bedhead, the whole thing. Um, but but of course, what this is meant to do, Joe, is drive our listeners, encourage them to start their day in prayer and to get armored up. So you know what? So that we ourselves don't act like the people that we were just talking about who go into the White House and behave like a petulant four-year-old. Joe, I'll give it to you. <laughs> well, uh, all right. And, you know, it's um, the, the prayer part is, of this is so important. The, the spiritual nature is so important. We got to make sure we are disciplined. Uh, we, we all make mistakes, but we got to make sure that we are, are on a good, uh, on a good footing, if you will. All week we've been talking about, uh, so just to summarize and close here, all week we've been talking about the Hollywood, the coming Hollywood uh, pedophilia scandal that we've already seen some of. Now, there, John, I don't remember the name of this guy. You might know the name, but this guy is naming names. He's coming out and uh, I can't his name, Isaac, his name is Isaac Clappy and I have okay. a phone conference. Listen, get this. I've got a phone meeting with him, Joe, as soon as we're off the Daily Show. I've already got his number programmed in my cell. We, make, we made contact yesterday. His name's Isaac Clappy at Isaac K-L-A-P-P-Y on Twitter. Okay, so John, maybe you have a better idea what he's saying because um, I just saw the headlines. I didn't get a chance to read into the stories, but I, you don't have to say any of the names or anything. But can you? Do you recall uh, or do you know what the overall theme of his message is? Is it that these people are, are going to be exposed and there's other people involved in the exposure? Uh, Joe, or- I want to say this, brother. The 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 message that he is putting out to the world is so incendiary. And if it is true, and no, no disrespect, Isaac, I'm looking forward to our phone call here momentarily, brother, but, but I'm going to keep my powder dry on this one, Joe, until I talk to this individual, because this is just some, this is, this is, put it this way, next week's Hagman Daily Show is going to be popping for sure. Yeah, and uh, we still see, uh, you can go read the uh, updated article that we talked about earlier this week with Sarah Silverman. Uh, lashing out against those exposing these people uh we see that um it it looks bad when you see people preemptively attacking other people and then to top it off to for the the people to dig up the pedophile skits that these these animals have done you know 10 20 uh 10 years ago or eight years ago or whatever it was it is pretty insane to see that all the people, the three people who are centrally have been involved in the exposing of this evil just this week, Patton Oswalt, that is a David Hammond and Sarah Silverman, all were the same people who worked on this pedophilia skit eight years ago where they drive around in a rape van and Sarah Silverman talks about you know wanting to to do bad things to children and even says to one of the kids to go to the bathroom in her mouth and i'm sorry if that offends somebody but that's what the video says and it it was a tv skit it's not like it was uh for hbo or pay-per-view or uh, some movie you could rent this was for tv and i don't know where or when it aired but um joe i'm shocking stuff i'll say this i know we're running out of time uh, Isaac and I are going to chat, like I said, in just a few moments. Uh, his, I did a little bit of background on him last night. He's definitely a Hollywood guy. 
His uh, area code is right. His area code is directly from it's the it's it is the Hollywood area the Hollywood area code. Uh, used to be the area code of one of my old cell phones. So, um, but but again, I don't mean to be a, a tease to our listeners. I've just got to be really Joe. We've got to be really, uh, No, his uh, his area code is three two three, which oh. uh, took place when they ran out of two one three. Phone numbers, 323 came around about 25 years ago, and that 323 is the epicenter of it is Hollywood, California. Okay. Interesting. So good. I'm glad. I hope you guys have a good conversation, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what he has to say, and I am uh, going to continue to pay attention to the uh, stories that are coming out on the you know internet message boards and forums and whatnot. I, I find a lot of valuable information, even though you can't verify it at the time, even though you can't... Uh, confirm it more often than not when certain people make claims they seem to be true and hopefully that is the case with this so you know we're going to continue to dig in with this we're going to continue to follow it it to me is one of the biggest stories because when you have uh if you if and when you have the this this exposure of Hollywood, the same people who wanted to be the morality police of the Me Too movement, uh, the same people who are lecturing us on voting for President Trump, on and on and on. These are the people uh, who are going to be falling down from this because they're the ones who are, are centrally involved. So it is going to be interesting to see what happens. But but pray for those people who are doing the exposing. Pray for the victims of uh, the people who have been hurt by the, this uh cult of evil whether it's the overall cult i'm not talking about their individual names or whatever but the overall cult of evil that that is has its power over this we need to make sure that we we pray against that and continue to uh pray for those victims and strength for the people to speak out against these acts of of just insanity and of evil such an of such an evil i cannot comprehend uh that i I don't i don't know i mean uh i've done some pretty bad things in my day but (laughs) you know it's just um it really makes you upset because these people are helpless and they are children and and i don't need to say anymore And, and to think that this is the way of the world with these people unreal just unreal closing thoughts john Nope. I just want to say God bless everyone and have a powerful and productive day. If you need some inspiration to get your day started right, join me on Twitter. Uh, if nothing less, you'll get a good laugh. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, I have not done that yet, but I'm going to check that out after the show's over. After I get this sh- this show set, I will be sure to uh, check that out. So, again, at John Robertson on Twitter to see the video and uh great with pastor mike spaulding don't forget simply clean food foods.net also paypal link in the blog talk description if you can support us please do so Uh, we truly do appreciate it until next week stay safe god bless have a great weekend
The Hagman Daily Show is brought to you by The Hagman Report. Tune in to The Hagman Report weekdays, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. For more information, go to hagmanreport.com. That's hagmanreport.com.